Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. Good morning. Are you in the Christmas spirit? Do you feel Christmassy yet? I mean, we got lights, we got elves, we got decorations, we got everything you need and more. Uh, we just want to have a good time at Church on the Rock. You know, church should not be endured, it should be enjoyed. Where's my organ when I need it? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so we, we, we like having fun around here, and we want to have a lot of fun for you and your family and your kids. And I want to encourage you, even if you don't have kids, please go in the back hallways and go upstairs and see all the awesome decorations that Olivia and the team did. It's it's just amazing back there. It's spectacular. You don't even got to pay money to go see lights. Just go back there and go look around and then go in the lobby afterwards and get some free candy on your way out. And that's for adults too. So uh, enjoy your redemption this morning. Uh, but we're going to start today and we're going to be talking um, for several weeks, uh, different messages pertaining to the Christmas story. And so I want to encourage you before we get in here, don't tune me out just because you're like, I've heard that verse, I've read that card, I've seen that movie, uh, because there's so much in the Word of God and not just the Christmas story, and uh, God wants to speak to us through that, and so we have to look at it with a new eyes and a new heart and a fresh perspective. So um, today I want to uh, share out of Luke 2, if you have your Bibles with you, Luke 2, and we're going to start there, I'm going to read several verses to kind of lay the groundwork for where we're going this morning. I told uh, Nick McCain, who is the elf today, I said, you were born for such a time as this. This is, this is what you were, this was why God created you, was for this Sunday at Church on the Rock so you could be elf, because the kids already love him, so it's just got to be amplified 100%. So, so show Nick some love on the way out for him uh, helping your kids and your grandkids out and having a great time today. He's probably eating spaghetti with Pop-Tarts on it as we speak in the back. And uh, it gives me no greater joy to know that while I'm preaching. Um, so um, let's look at Luke 2. We're going to start in verse 8. If you don't have your Bibles, you can look on the screen. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for I... Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. And so it was when the angels had gone away from them and into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. In verse 18, and they all 
who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Last verse. And then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told them. Are you here this morning? Well, we got our Bible reading in for the day. If you're taking notes, the title of my message is Find the Babe. Can you say find the babe with me? Now, I know all of you singles are wishing I was... You've been praying for this message for a long time, and I said, it's Christmas time. It's time to talk about find the babe. I need to find a babe for Christmas so I can be in a Hallmark movie, and I can wear a flannel, and, you know, she can have hot cocoa, and they can work at the the county fair, and we can, you know, it's going to be snowing. So... I'm joking. It's all a joke. I'm not talking about singles, couples, marrieds, or anybody. But uh, we're going to talk today about find the babe. Everybody say find the babe. Find the babe. And we're going to talk about uh, this morning about God wants to be found by us. Now, this, this morning, we're going to talk about this out of this story in Luke 2, where the shepherds, they came and they sought after Jesus. And they found him lying in a manger. Uh, this was a place you had to look for. It wasn't just a place on Main Street. You had to find the place where he was. Many people said that he was more likely in a cave because that's where they kept the, the animals of that day. So they had to find him. They had to search after him. And they had to, to do some searching to find Jesus in the manger that day. But what I want to talk about this morning is the fact that God wants to be found by us. Now, God wants to be found by us, not in the sense that he's lost and he needs to be found, but in the sense of relationship. God desires to be pursued. God desires to be sought after. God desires to be chased after. Just like any relationship, we want somebody to love us for us, to pursue us for us, to seek us for us. And God desires the same thing for us. He desires to be found by us. Now, let's look at Proverbs 25 and verse 2 in the Amplified. Since it is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the glory of kings to search out a thing. Notice that it is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the glory of kings to search out a thing. God, a lot of times with his will, with his plan, with his presence, he's not hiding from us, he's hiding for us. But the reason he hides himself is because he wants us to seek after him to see if we really want it. He wants us to pursue him to see that we really want it. He wants us to search for him, not that he's lost, but he wants to know that we really care and we really want him. And the good news is if we really want God, we can find him. If, if we really want to receive all he has, when we pursue him, we will find him. When we seek after him, we will get him. When we chase after him, God will be found by us. But God desires to be sought after. Just like all the rest of you in any relationship you have, whether that's with your husband or wife or your family, your friends, your kids, you desire to be pursued. You desire to be sought after. So does God. Because you're in a relationship with him. And God desires to be found by us. 
He wants to know that you want him. And he reveals himself to those who search after him to find him. That's the good news this morning. He reveals himself to those who search out him to find him. Now, the first thing I want to share today, we're talking about find the babe. Everybody say that, find the babe. Okay, don't look too hard at your neighbor. You might find the babe you've been looking for. The first thing I want to say about this today is it takes faith to find. It takes faith to find. Now, we realize that the Bible says that everything we receive from God takes faith, takes trust. And it takes faith to find God. It takes faith to pursue God. It takes faith to know his will and to know his plan and to know his presence. It takes faith, not work, but faith, trust, and belief in him. It takes faith to find. Now let's read a verse here, very familiar verse for a church like this. Hebrews eleven six is what it says in the New Living Translation. It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him, or we could say search after him, must believe that God exists, but not just that. A lot of people are there. But that he rewards those or reveals himself to those who sincerely seek him. That faith is required to find God. That without faith, it's impossible to please him. That we not should just believe that God exists. A lot of people believe God exists. But that he is a responder to us. That he is a rewarder of us who diligently, what? They seek him. They seek him. Why do you seek somebody? To find them. Now let's see what it says in the message translation. It's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. That's what you need to know about God this morning. Not that he just exists, but he cares enough about you. I mean you, from the front to the back, you. That he cares enough to respond back to you. And he's not just a God that's far off in heaven that cannot be contacted, but he is a God who's ever present to help you and to to care for you as long as we're using our faith, our trust, our belief. And it says that we must believe, this this is the kind of faith that pleases God, that we must believe that he is and he exists, but that he also wants to respond to us that seek him. God responds to faith. And it takes faith to find God. Many people are looking for God in their head. He's not there. It takes faith. When you don't see it, when you don't feel it, when you don't understand it, it takes faith. That's how you receive from God. That's how you understand God's will for your life. That's how you experience God's presence. If you're trying to connect with him through your brain, it's not going to work. A lot of people are trying to mentally connect with God. You're like, I don't hear him. I don't feel him. Well, he's not up here. He's in here. He's in your heart. Now, I believe it will affect your mind, but he's a spirit and you're a spirit. And the way you contact him is by faith. Are you hearing this Methodist Pentecostal Church of God in Christ today? Just checking. We're talking about find the babe today. If you're going to find him, it takes faith. 
A faith that pleases God. A faith that says, God, not only do I believe you exist, but I believe you care about me. I believe you love me. I believe you're for me. And I believe that you're a God who responds to me. And you're a rewarder. I love that word. He's a rewarder of those who seek him. That means when we get to the end of the rainbow, we'll go find something for us. And it's him. He's a rewarder of those who seek after him. And when we find him, you will not be disappointed. He's a rewarder of those who seek him. But it takes faith to find him. It takes faith. Now in Luke 2, it says that when Jesus was born, the angels came and said, and we believe about angels around here, don't we, church? All right. I said we believe in angels around here, church, don't we? Okay, just checking. And it says when these angels came, they, they started saying things about Jesus. They started singing songs about Jesus. And they said that this is good news of great joy for all people. All people. And that means that God desires to be sought after by all people. I said all people. Uh, God is a God of all people, all nations, all races, all, all tribes, all tongues. God is a God of all, the poor, the rich, the, the, the middle class. He's a God of the Democrat and Republican and the independent. God is the God of all people, and he desires to be sought after by all people. But it takes faith to find him. That's all he's requiring. It's not requiring you be a certain color, have a certain amount of money, come from a certain family. He's requiring faith. So we're all on the same playing field. It doesn't matter if you live in New Albany or Botswana. It doesn't matter if you live in London or Ukraine. All it requires is faith. And when we reach out by faith, God's not looking at the language we speak or the color we are or our religious background. He's not even looking at our sexual identity. I just thought I'd plug that in there on a Christmas message. He's looking for faith. Now, he'll deal with that later, but he's looking for faith. He's looking for your heart. And when we reach out with the hand of faith and say, God, I believe you exist, and I believe you're real, and I believe you're a rewarder of those who seek you, and I'm seeking you right now with my faith, you will find him. And he's a rewarder of those who seek him. He's a God who cares enough to respond to us. But I want to talk about two different groups of people that found Jesus. Now, these two groups of people could be, in the Bible, they were the complete opposites from each other. One's in Luke 2, one's in Matthew 2. In Luke 2, we just read it about the shepherds. Now, the shepherds, just to give you a little backstory of the shepherds in that day, uh, the shepherds a lot of times lived in a very rural area. They lived out in the country. They were some country folk. Probably went to a house of purr. They were, they were a lot of times, shepherds usually didn't have a lot of money, so they were poor a lot of times. They were uneducated. They lived in a rural area. But the shepherds were vitally important for life, especially in that time and that day, not just for food but for wool. But they, a lot of times that they said that these shepherds that were probably in the area where Jesus was born were shepherds hear me on this, that were raising sheep or lambs that were ultimately going to be sacrificed in the temple. 
Now, these shepherds were to keep these lambs and treat them a certain way. Why? Because they had to be a perfect sacrifice to go into the temple and to be sacrificed. Now, in that time, you realize there's a lot of people still living under an Old Testament system that would go to the temple and make sacrifices. And they said on the day of Passover, since there was hundreds of thousands of people, there would be 260,000 lambs slain on every Passover. I said 260,000. So how many know there had to be a lot of shepherds raising a lot of sheep to have that many sacrifices to sacrifice in the temple? But I don't think it's an accident that those same shepherds, I'm about to preach, if you want me to preach. Those same shepherds that happened to be in the same place that Jesus was born were shepherds that had been raising lambs that were going to go to the temple and make a sacrifice on the day of Passover. And then when they would, they would be the first ones to hear the call of the angel and go to the side of where Jesus was born and find him and take care of him, knowing later that he would be known as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. But the shepherds in Luke 2 were a certain type of person. Like I said, probably uneducated, probably poor, rural, probably looked down upon. But Jesus said he came for all people. And all he's requiring is faith. And you know, it took faith for the shepherds to hear the angels and go find what they were talking about. It took faith for them to, to find Jesus. It took those shepherds' faith and belief, even though they hadn't seen him yet or heard him yet, to believe enough for them to leave their sheep and go and find Jesus. It took faith to find him. Are you with me? But there was also another group of people in Matthew 2 uh, called the wise men or the magi. Now, a lot of times growing up... Uh, I used to think the Magi just meant they were magicians. So they were like, one had like a rabbit he pulled out of his hat, and one was doing a little tap dance for Jesus. Laugh, come on, baby. You know how we do when we're around babies? We, we do the dumbest stuff just to get a smile. I was always thinking that these three wise men, because they're called Magi, were just magicians who were just putting on a show for Jesus and just giving him some gifts. Here's your gold. Here's your frankincense. Here's your myrrh. You know, here you go, baby Jesus. But actually, uh, wise men or magi were very much more than just a magician. They weren't actually, in, in that sense, they weren't like David Copperfield. Um, they weren't like a clown pulling something out of their hat. Uh, these wise men were known to be in that time, in that day, they said they came from the east, and when they came from the east, probably they were from an urban area, a city area. But the wise men or magi of that day were known because they were financially, religiously, politically, and scientifically connected. So they were the influencers of that day. They would have a lot of money, a lot of clout, a lot of resources. So when they came into uh, Jerusalem and this part of the world, you notice they met with Herod in Matthew 2. I'm not going to turn there. But Herod was kind of freaking out because he realized somebody in that much power could kick me out of my seat very easily. And so the wise men, the magi of that day were some of the most educated, the, the, some of the most wealthy, some of the most connected people that there could be. And they came from the east, it says. 
So we have shepherds who are poor, rural, uh, probably looked down upon, and then we have wise men, magi, who were the upper class in society, rich, educated, powerful, but both came to find Jesus. Are you with me? Because he's for all people. Now, it took faith for these magi to travel to Jesus because they came way further away than the shepherds came. But it took faith for them to find him. Now, this is something I read recently from uh, Rick Renner's book. It said that, that there is a tradition that held that actually the Magi and wise men go back all the way to Daniel in the Bible. When he was in Babylon, he was one of the first wise men or Magi. And so that these wise men and magi would know the tradition of Daniel and know the prophecies about Jesus. So when Jesus would come on the scene, these magi were very aware of the signs of the Messiah coming. So as soon as they saw the star, they knew the prophecies. They knew that there was a redeemer, a savior coming. And it says they came from far in the east to find Jesus. Are you with me? So... It took faith to find Jesus. It took faith for those magi to, to pack up their, their horses and their donkeys. And a magi in that day, it just wouldn't be three guys on a donkey. Since they had money and power and clout, a lot of times there would be servants with them. There would be military people with them. There's probably hundreds of people in a caravan going to Jesus to find him. So, but it took faith to start traveling to find him. They hadn't seen him yet. They hadn't heard him yet. They didn't know anything about him yet, but they had faith that those prophecies, God's word spoken to them was real and true. And they said, I believe that God is real and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And when I get there, I'm going to find what I've been looking for. Now, I love it. It says the shepherds and the magi both, when they found Jesus, the response wasn't, hmm. That was a long trip for nothing. It's a baby. Now, if you read your Bible in Luke 2 and Matthew 2, it says both the shepherds, who is one part of society, and the magi or the wise men, who is another part of society, both came to Jesus because it took faith to find him. And when they found him, it said their response was they got down and they worshiped him. They laid down their gifts before him. They laid down their talents before them. They laid down the treasure before him. And it took faith to get them there. But when they found the gift of all gifts, they worshiped him. Are you with me today? And trust me, if you really find God, their only proper response is to sit down, bow down, put your hands up and worship him. Because he's the treasure of all treasure. He is a gift of all gifts. He is the thing you've been looking for that sex cannot fill, that drugs cannot fill, that your career cannot fill, that a new house cannot fill. He is the reason that you are here. He is the thing you've been looking for. And when we really find him, whether you're poor or rich or wise or unwise, or whether you're from this part of society or that part of society, when you find find him, you're going to worship him. 
But it takes faith to find him. It takes faith to find him. It took faith for the shepherds to find Jesus. It took faith for the wise men and the magi to travel all that way looking for a baby to find him. It took faith to do that. You don't do that if you don't believe anything. You realize they didn't take jets and Mercedes Benz. It took some effort to travel. If you didn't really believe it, you're not getting on your camel. Do I want to ride this camel through the desert for? No, you don't. Unless you got faith when you get there, it's going to be true. God's going to be there. There's going to be a redeemer there, a savior there, a healer there. And when you find him, both response, the shepherd and the, the wise men, they got down, they worshiped him. They worshiped him. But it takes faith to find. It takes faith to find. And in our relationship with God, it takes faith to find him. There will be times in your life, hear me here, I'm not trying to discourage you, but there will be times in your life that you don't feel God as much as other times. That does not mean he's not real or he's not there, but it's going to take faith to find him. There's going to be times where you don't see God in your life. You're like, where are you? I saw you last year, but this year I don't see you. You know what? It's going to take faith to find him. It's going to take your trust saying, no, God, I believe you're real. And you, you're, you care enough about me to respond. And you're a rewarder of those who seek you. There are going to be times in your life that you don't hear God. Not that he's not speaking. But sometimes we're not in the place to hear him. Sometimes we're going to feel like, I can't hear you. It's going to take faith to find him. But the Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. Because we must come to God believing that he is. And he's a rewarder of those who seek him. That he's willing and able and he will respond to those who seek him. God is a rewarder of those who seek him. He will be found by those who pursue him. Look at what Jesus said in the Gospels, Matthew 7, verse 7. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. That's a promise. Now, here's the part that messes most of us up. A lot of times the first time we take a step that way, we don't feel or see anything or hear anything yet. Like, it didn't work. The Bible says, keep on seeking. And you will find. Keep on asking and you will receive. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. It's not this one time. I'm going to try it, God. If you don't respond, I'm out. No, it's a constant pursuit. It's a constant seeking. It's a constant asking. It's a constant knocking. And if we do that, God will answer. We will find. We will receive. And the door will be open to us. But it takes faith to do that. It takes faith to find him. I love this quote. This is by St. Augustine, who was an early church leader in the 300s and 400s. He said, to fall in love with God is the greatest romance. To seek him is the greatest adventure. To find him is the greatest human achievement. 
Listen to this. Faith is to believe what you do not see. And the reward of this faith is to see what you believe. Now, the next thing I want to talk about this morning, you, you still here with me? Okay, you didn't go home. You're still here. Um, something you need to know about God when you're finding him and uh, you're seeking after him. Like I said a second ago, it, it takes faith to do that. But the other thing you need to know that should be encouragement to you is he's not far away. You know, a lot of times, and I get why people say this and they say it in the church world. They say stuff like this, that, that we want to be a church. And I get this because there are churches I look up to that say this, that reaches people far from God. That's true and not true at the same time. Because the reality is, God's not far from any of us. We serve a God who's omnipresent. That means he's everywhere present. And if we just changed our heart and we just changed our mind, he'll be right there with us. So when we're seeking God to find him, he's not far from any of us. I love the psalmist said it like this. In the Old Testament, he said, where can I run from your presence? If I'm in hell, you're there. If I'm in heaven, you're there. If I'm in an island, you're there. If I'm on a mountain, you're there. Why? Because God is omnipresent. So none of us in here, I don't care what you did last night. I don't care who you know that you feel like is far from God. In reality, they are not far from God. God is right there. If they'd ever just, just change their heart a little bit, just change their mind a little bit, just change their direction a little bit, God would be right there with them. He's not far from any of us. Now, the reason I'm saying that is not just for somebody who doesn't know God today, but for all of us in here, because you need to realize that God's not a God who's so far off, you can't reach him. So far away, he can't help you. Because a lot of people always picture God, well, God's just off in heaven somewhere. He doesn't care what's going on with my life. You know, God's, you know, way off in the universe somewhere. It doesn't matter. He's, he's not there to help me, you know. No, God is not far away from any of us. He's just looking for somebody to turn to him to find him. He'll be right there. Doesn't matter what happened yesterday. Doesn't matter what happened last year. Doesn't matter what sin you have committed or things you've done wrong. He's not far away. Really, the only thing keeping distance between us and God is us. <laughs> our heart, our mind. So when people say they're far from God, it's not like they're, they're uh, just a, a far distance away. It's their heart is far from God. But God's right there. Now, let me give you some verses to, uh, to share with you about that exact thing. Because when we're seeking him to find him, we need to know that he's not far away from us. I think it discourages us if we feel like God is billions and billions of miles away and there's no way I can talk to him. There's no way he can help me. There's no way he can change some things. But no, God is an ever-present help in time of need. 
I want to read to you this passage, and I'm going to give you some context of it. In Acts 17, the Apostle Paul is speaking in Athens. Now, Athens in that day was the religious center, but also the center of philosophy. Now, we're talking about Athens, Greece. Now, in Athens, Greece, in that day, there was thousands and thousands of statues to different gods. There was hundreds and hundreds of beautiful temples. Uh, some of you would know there is the, the place called the Parthenon, which is one of the most famous structures in the world. It has the big columns and pillars. That's where they would go and worship, and they would talk about religion. They would talk about philosophy. That's where all the Greek philosophers came from was Athens that came before Paul. Philosophers like Plato and Socrates and Aristotle, all of them came from Athens. So Paul, who is very brilliant himself, who knows both philosophy and the Bible, goes to Athens realizing what he's about to encounter. He's about to encounter a lot of people that are very religious and very heady in philosophy. And he goes to them and he presents the gospel message to them in Acts 17. And he goes to this place where everybody is gathered and they're talking about religion and philosophy. And the apostle Paul comes into that place and says, I see there's one statue right here that says it's to the unknown God. Let me tell you about him. Because they had every other God in Athens other than the one true God. But they put up that statue because they wanted to cover all their bases. They're like, this is the unknown God. We don't know him. But just to make sure he's not mad at us, let's give him a statue. So the apostle Paul comes and says, hey, I see that there's this big statue right here to this unknown God. You don't know who he is. Let me tell you who he is. You want to know what he said to them? Because it pertains to this, that God is not far from any of us. Acts 17 and verse 24, look what he says to this group of religious people and philosophers of that day. Notice what he says to the crowd. He is the God. Who is this God? This God, this unknown God that they have the statue for. Who made the world and everything in it. Since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples. Now, now, if you're hearing what he's saying, he's surrounded by hundreds of beautiful temples. That's a little jab right there, Paul. Because he's like, your gods are so weak, they need a human-built temple. But this God, he's so big, he doesn't need a temple. And human hands can't serve his needs, for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything. He satisfies every need. From one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise, when they should fall. He determined their boundaries. Notice this. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way towards him and find him. Isn't that what we've been talking about today? Now, what does he say? Though he is not far from any one of us, for in him we live and move and exist. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. I love that. He told all these religious people, these philosophers, who did not believe in God whatsoever, the true and living God. 
he told them, listen, God put everyone on the earth as he planned it. He set them there and them there. But the goal of all the nations was to seek after him and find him. Though he is not far from any of us. He's not far from any of us. Whether you're religious or non-religious, he's not far from you. Whatever you believe today, he's not far from you. He's just looking for somebody to seek after him in faith. And when you do, you'll find him. Now, I love what it says in the Passion Translation of verse 27. And he has done this so that every person would long for God, feel their way towards him, find him, for he is the God who is easy to discover. Of course, if you read on, like most places Paul went, he had a riot and revival at the same time. A lot of people wanted to kill him. A lot of people came to Christ. It was a good service for Paul. That's what happened in Athens. But I love what he says, preaching the gospel, especially to a, a culture that was not churched, didn't have the religious background that Paul did. He said, he's a God who's not far from any of us. That should encourage all of us in here, whether you know God or not today. He's not far from you. He's ready to help you. He's ready to heal you. He's ready to save you. He's ready to deliver you. He's ready for a relationship with you. If you would just turn to him and seek him, he is not far from any of us. And when you seek him, you will find him. But it takes faith. Brother Daryl, could you come play? Did you get anything this morning? Now, as we close here, and I know you're so excited to see Elf, just calm down. Give me just a few more minutes. You're going to see Elf. You're going to get a lot of candy. It's all going to be well. But I have a few more things I want to share today about finding him. You know, thinking about this this morning, I know a lot of my message could seem like it's going towards uh, somebody who doesn't know God at all. But I want to talk to um, not just those who are lost, but those who have already found God, are in a relationship with God, but, but all of us can get in this place that we stop seeking God after we meet God at an altar. But you got to realize, just like any relationship, there's more to know, especially God who is infinite. There's always more to seek. There's always more to know. There's always more to find in God. And so I want to talk to some of you like myself in here that have maybe known God or known about God or been in church. That this message is for you just as it is for someone who's never met God or is lost. That there is more to know, more to find. And that especially during this next month or so, I'm going to challenge you to find him in a new way. Now, I don't know about you, but like myself... Um, every holiday, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to read a bunch during this holiday season. Like, I'm going to get my Bible more than ever, and I feel like I get my Bible less than the rest of the year. I'm like, I'm going to spend a bunch of prayer time this holiday because I'm going to have some extra days. It doesn't happen. 
Now, I know maybe you're in the same category. I'm thinking, he's the whole reason we're having this holiday, like I think about every year. And I'm like, and I give him the least amount of time, the least amount of seeking, the least amount of finding in this season of life. And God's not mad at us, but I'm saying, God desires to be found. And I think God can do something special even in this busy holiday season. And everyone in this church, if you're willing to seek him, if you're willing to search after him, if you're willing to to take some time away this holiday season, I'm like, I'm going to seek you, God, and find you like never before. Not that I don't know you, but there's more to know about you. I haven't experienced everything. I don't know everything. I know you want to speak to me, but it takes effort and faith to find him. I'm just saying that's a challenge I want to throw out there for myself and for you guys. Because I say that every year. And I'm like, man, I get to the end of the year and I get to January. I'm like, God, I literally sought everything else but you for the last month. And now I'm fatter because I sought food with all my heart, and boy, did I find it. I sought presents and giving people presents, and I'm like, ah, now I'm in debt. And the kids aren't even playing with this. It's only been a week. Are you there with me, guys? And I sought going to these Christmas parties, and I sought finding the best gift, and I sought doing all the Christmas lights, and but I didn't seek you in this. And it leaves you a little empty, doesn't it? It's like you're kind of happy, but you're kind of sad at the same time. You kind of are fulfilled with some of the stuff you can do with your friends or family, but you feel empty because you didn't find him fully. You neglected him for a month, but God wants to show us some things this month. Now, Pastor, you just talking that preacher talk, you talk on Sundays. No, I'm talking real talk today. I feel this strongly. I've been praying about it this week. God wants to speak to you this next month. He wants to reveal himself to you in a special way and me if we give him some effort to seek him and to find him in a new way. Could God reveal himself in a new way during the Christmas season? Yes, he could. There's more to know. There's more to grow. There's more to find in Him. As for all of us, and all of us can drift from Him. It's easy to do. You know, Jesus told the religious people of that day who read their Bible, who prayed all the time, He said, you honor me with your lips, but your heart's far from me. So we could have a knowledge of God and even go to church and even pray and read our Bible but our heart could be far from him because we haven't been seeking him to stay close, to stay current it's so important it's like any relationship now when you get married when you go to the altar you can't just rejoice saying I found him I found her. Oh, no. You know nothing about them. Can I get an amen from a married couple? You know nothing about them. Did you find them just because you got into a relationship with them and you made a commitment at an altar? No, you don't know anything yet. Wait till you wake up in the morning with morning breath. Then you will find them. 
Wait till somebody doesn't flush the toilet, then you will find them. (laughs) Wait till you see them hangry, then you will find them. But how many know, just because you got into a relationship doesn't mean you know everything about them yet. You don't know how much more God, who's infinite, just because you came to an altar or accepted Jesus into your heart, there's more to know. There's more to grow. There's more to find. There's more to seek. And if you know that in a, in a healthy marriage relationship, how much more God, there's always more to know. There's always more to experience. There's always more of his presence to understand. There's always more from his word to receive from him. And every healthy relationship takes constant pursuit and finding. So it is with God. We have to pursue him. There's more to know. And just like the religious people that day when Jesus said, your heart's far from me. How many know you can be physically close to somebody, but your heart be a thousand miles away? You can be in church and your heart be elsewhere. You could read your Bible and your heart's on TikTok. You could be in your prayer closet, but you're actually in YouTube in your mind. You know, you could be sleeping next to somebody and your heart be a thousand miles away from them. Same way with God. Just because we come to church, just because we read our Bible, just because sometimes we do certain things for God doesn't mean our heart's always connected. What does that take? It takes us intentionally seeking Him, pursuing Him, growing with Him, having our heart connected with his heart it takes intentional pursuit but when we seek we will find i love aw tozer he said to have found god and to still pursue him is the soul's paradox of love let's not find everything else but forget jesus are we going to live another holiday season empty, worn out kind of happy, kind of sad, kind of fulfilled kind of not because we miss the main thing seeking him and when we seek him we will find him last verse I want to share with you and then we'll close in Jeremiah, Jeremiah was a prophet he prophesies about God's people. Now, God's people had drifted away from God, like what I'm talking about. They had sought other things and pursued other things, and then they got the consequences of that, like we all do. And it wasn't God punishing them. It was God saying, okay, this is what you want. You can have it. And they end up in captivity in another land. And I love the prophet Jeremiah because he tells them the answer on how God's going to turn their captivity and bring them back home. And it's about getting back to just finding him and seeking him. And then God will respond back to them. So I believe this is for a lot of you in here who already know God and maybe you need to make some changes today. Look at what God says in here. I know the first verse is very familiar, but we need to read on. Jeremiah 29, 11. 
For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. But how is this going to happen? Listen to what he says. In those days when you pray, I will listen. And if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. And I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you. And I will bring you home again into your land. I believe that that's what God wants to do in so many of your lives this holiday season. Some of you have drifted from God. And now you're facing the consequences of it. And it wasn't God who did it. You chose it yourself. And God says, I can turn that around. I can turn that captivity around. I can bring you home to where you need to be. But what do you need to do? When you pray, I will listen. And when you seek me wholeheartedly, you will find me. And when I'm found by you, I will turn your captivity and bring you home to where you need to be. That's what God says. But how do we get that? When we seek him wholeheartedly, we will find him. So important. So important. Let me read it from the Message Bible and we'll close today. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. This is God speaking to you. Plans to give you a future you hope for. When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. I'll turn things around for you. I'll bring you back from all the countries into which I drove you. Bring you home to the place from which I sent you off into exile. You can count on it. Did you guys get anything this morning? Could you stand up today? Thank you, Father. Come on, let's lift our hands for a moment. Thank you, Father. If that's your heart this morning, let's just start talking to God for, for a few minutes here. If that's your heart this morning, saying, God, man, I, I need to come back to you. I need to, I need to start searching after you, seeking after you. I haven't been doing that. And I want to find you in a new way. I want to know you in a new way. I want to hear you in a new way. God, I'm sorry for seeking after other things. I'm sorry for searching after other things that lead to nowhere. But God, I'm believing that this holiday season, I'm going to seek you and I'm going to find you. And when you do, said God said, I will turn your captivity. I will restore things to you and I will bring you home to the place you need to be. If you just turn your heart back to me, if you just turn your mind back to me, if you just turn your heart towards me with faith, you will find me. And when you do, I'll restore things. I'll heal things. I'll bring you back to the place that you need to be. Thank you, Father. Come on, can we just talk to him out of your own mouth right now? Come on, let's just for a second. God, we love you today. We thank you today. God, we're sorry for, for going our own ways, doing our own things that lead to, to endless things that don't help us. They end up hurting us. God, we're sorry today. We come back to you. We seek you. Father, we make a commitment over this next month, this holiday season, that yes, we're going to have fun and we're going to do all these Christmas things, but we're going to make you the focus of it. We're going to seek after you. We're going to pursue you. And we're going to continue to do that all the days of our life. We're going to search after you and find you. And thank you, Father, that you're not far from us. 
You're not far from any of us. You're ready to help and ever-present help in time of need. Father, we love you today. We love you today. We love you today. We thank you. Your mercies are new every day. Your mercies are new every morning. You don't care about our past. Our past is under the blood. We've been forgiven. It's been forgotten. The mercies of God are new every day. We get to be in a relationship with you. We thank you for it today. Thank you for it today. Speak to us. Reveal yourself to us. Help us change us in a new way this holiday season. We're open for it. We're going to seek you. We're going to seek you. We're going to seek you. Father, we thank you for it, and we're going to find you. Thank you, Father. You're a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. Thank you, Father. We have faith in you today. Not only that you exist, but you care to respond to us. And you care about our life. You care about our future. You care about the plan you have for us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We love you today. Come on, do you love him this morning? Come on, tell him you love him today. Father, we love you. We thank 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 you for your presence in here. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your great love towards us and your mercy and grace. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for revealing yourself to us in a new way. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I pray for some of us in here that have been in God a long time. I pray that we would dust off the complacency. The Father, that you would blow the, 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 the complacency and apathy in our spiritual lives away. That, Father, that a new desire to seek you would come upon us. A new passion. A new enthusiasm. A new desire to search after you like never before. Whether we've been in God three years or 30 years or 70 years. God, there's always something new and fresh to find in you. There's always a new thing to understand. There's always a new thing you're trying to do in our life. And Father, let us be like it says in Isaiah. Forget the former things. Behold, I do something new. And Father, I pray you do something new. Especially of those of us who feel stagnant in their spiritual life. God, we pray that you would do something new, like it says in Isaiah, that you would flood the dry grounds, would make rivers in the desert. And Father, you would do something new in our life. When we seek you, when we seek you, we will find you. Thank you, Father. Anybody agree with that this morning? Anybody say, that's for me today. Is that for you? It's for me. I only preach what God's preaching to me about. That's for me. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. We just love you today, Father. We just love you today, Father. We love your presence. We love each other. We thank you for where this church has gone. We thank you for the unity amongst us as a church family, knit together, one heart and one soul, fulfilling God's plan for us. We thank you for it today. And Father, we just thank you for this next month at our church, that, uh, that you would anoint it to, uh, to help people, to reach people, to just refresh people and uh, refresh our own church family, but especially those who are guests in this house over the next month. We thank you for it. Let us show them the love of God. 
And let us be a good example of that. We thank you for all you're doing in this church. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Did you get something today? Well, I love you. All right, that was 23%. Let's try this again. I love you. There we go. There we go. Someone need to practice that, like with your family. Like look at each other and say, I love you. It's good for you. Trust me, it's good for you guys. Try it more often. It's good for you. You need to express your love for people. It's important. I love you guys. Okay, okay, okay. And I know you love each other, right? Okay. So uh, we're going to dismiss here, but uh, make sure you go look around the building. Look at all the lights. Go upstairs. Go downstairs. Hang out in the lobby. Don't, don't rush out. Uh, Golden Corral, you got 30 minutes to get there. You're okay. Um, get some candy. Take some pictures. Have a good day. We love you guys. Let's have a fun uh, Christmas day. All right, you're dismissed. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.